Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Coffee and Books podcast. I'm your host, Scott. If you're new here, this is where we like to talk about different things that are going on in the literature universe. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today, but first, I want to give you a major life update and where I've been hiding the past month or so. Uh, first off, also, happy holidays to you, no matter what you celebrate, and I hope you guys had, if you're in the U.S., a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, Christmas will be soon, and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and a number of other holidays so I hope no matter what, are you, what you celebrate, I hope you all have a good time. Now, let's get into why I've taken a little bit of a break from the Anchor app and primarily from my podcast. Well, that is a very long story, but to summarize it in the most neatest possible terms, what I've been up to is I've been sort of going back and forth with the Anchor or the platform that I use when I, whenever I use uh, to make my podcasts. I've been having a little bit of difficulty uh, mainly because they've changed the way they do monetization. So monetization, for those of you who don't know, is when you listen to your podcast, every listen you get, you would get a cent if you have a sponsorship uh, for basically every view you get. And so Anchor's recently decided to end my main sponsorship, and therefore I have lost all of my monetization from Anchor, um, which is very frustrating because I'm not really doing this for you know money, but it definitely helped. You know, it helped that I got a little bit of money from it. So I'm a little frustrated by that. Of course, Anchor tells me that I will be partnered with different sponsors once, of course, my app reaches a certain level of percentage of viewership. So the hope is, that I guess, that I get more viewers and that eventually I would make more money again at one point. But right now, I'm not making a single dime from this. This is all just for fun. And I just wanted to tell you that frustrating point real quick that one of the main reasons I haven't made any podcast in the past month is because I've been fighting that. I've been trying to talk to them about that, and I wanted to, well, pretty much uh, get out there into the world and make podcasts, but if there was not a way to monetize it, I was going to try my best to try that first. Okay, number two, I needed to take a break. Not because I don't like you guys, not because I don't like listening and reading emails and doing books and everything that's going on in the world. Uh, Basically, I just got burned out. I got burnt out trying to read a massive book. Uh, Carrie was part of a three-book series uh, that was all together for Halloween. So basically, all October long, I spent reading about The Shining and Salem's Lot, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Um, During all that, I decided to release YouTube videos to see if I had any success with YouTube. And you could also find that under Coffee and Books as well, if you were interested in seeing what I look like in person. Uh, But mainly, I just wanted to say that I've decided to come back to the Anchor app because I find this easiest and most comfortable for me. So I'm going to continue doing this. So thank you for your patience and for listening to my previous episodes about Carrie. Uh, Hopefully, you'd be very interested in Wells knowing about my reviews of Salem's Lot and The Shining, which I'm going to talk about now. So I'm going to talk about Salem's Lot first. Salem's Lot is basically the story of a fictional town in Maine that has vampires. And that is the best summary I can put up. Um, It is very, very boring. (laughs) I was very frustrated by this. As this is, Stephen King has gone on record and said this is his most favorite book he's ever written. The expectation for me was high. Um, I definitely enjoyed Carrie. I enjoyed Misery. I enjoyed other Stephen King books. So I really thought that this was going to be like my one of my favorites. 
I could not be more surprised to say that I absolutely hated Salem's Lot. I did not like it at all. I felt like there were way too many characters, and I mainly felt like that there was no way I could really understand the point of it, other than just, let's go kill some vampires. And yes, it sounds great in theory. You know, a horror novel with vampires and monsters sounds cool, but not this one. This one, uh uh-uh, don't like it. It is at the bottom of my list as far as Stephen King books go. Now, let's go to The Shining. Now, The Shining, again, had high expectations for. Now, The Shining actually delivered, uh, mainly because I've seen the movie and I wanted to compare the movie to the book. Definitely liked the book. Definitely thought that it definitely uh, gave me a better impact of what the characters were actually thinking. I felt like now that I've watched the movie and seen the book, I can, without a doubt, say that the way... Uh, the feminine characters are portrayed in the book are wrong. Mainly the main heroine actress um, in the movie as well as in the book is absolutely stunningly portrayed incorrectly in the movie. Um, this is just my personal opinion, but I felt like in the movie she was more of a, a character who was very, very slow and you know like was more interested in protecting her child, which is what's most important here when you're dealing with an axe murderer. But uh, mainly, I just wanted to say that, like, you know, in the movie, I got the perception of hers being very incredibly weak. But in the book, it's the exact opposite. The main character is actually pretty strong. That's the whole point, is that she couldn't be taken over by this possessive house with demons and spirits and all sorts of things, you know? The book makes it very clear that Jack, being the main villain of the story is easily possessed because of his demons of alcoholism and is easily taken over by this haunted sort of house. Um, You know, Danny, the boy, uh, is not able to be controlled by this house either, and that's another reason why the house keeps attacking him, because the only outlet it has is, of course, um, Jack. Um, Now, again, I felt like uh, Jack Nicholson does a great job of portraying his character. I felt like A lot of the surprises and differences for me included um, a lot of the lines in the movies were not in the book where you think they would be, like, here's Johnny. Um, Of course, there's also other aspects that I thought were really different, like in the book. Um, They did a great job of describing the hotel. Uh, But, for instance, in the movie, there are these twins that are talked about and sort of seen in a very famous scene in the uh, movie But in the book, it's not really mentioned. It's sort of like in passing that like there were these twin girls that were murdered by their father in the hotel as the former gatekeeper. And we're not sure if that's who they were referring to in the movie or where all that was coming from. So there's a lot of confusion as to was the movie referencing this part of the book or was the book referencing this? So it's all, like I said, sort of mumble jumbled. So after that horror craze I sort of had, I wanted to go and read more different books. I wanted to get back into what I'm good at and what I like reading, which is, of course, different mangas. Um, I do want to tell you all right now about there are amazing Black Friday deals. So if you're listening to this and it is in the near future, you know, you could definitely check out um, barnesandnobles.com. Thriftbooks.com has a really good one right now. Amazon has Black Friday deals on books. Uh, mainly I just wanted people out there to read, uh, Thrift Books probably has the best one now where it's, you can get up to five free books, basically for every $20 you spend or $25 you spend, you get one free book and Thrift Books does a great job of basically saying it's pretty much any book that's a used book on our website. 
So uh, that is pretty cool that you could get a bunch of free books. Um, and of course, you get points for buying those books too, which is one of the reasons how I'm able to get so many books. Um, but now I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the manga corner. Okay, so I want to say I eventually got and sort of delved into a couple new series uh, that are on the horizon that I'm going to be getting into, like Comey Can't Communicate and uh, Rent-A-Girlfriend. Uh, those are called Slice of Life animes and mangas. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Slice of Life is basically a sort of realistic, talking about a maybe a social life, maybe someone's uh, personal life. It's not something that is about action and fantasy, or it's not about bad guys. You know, One Punch Man, for instance, has fictional superheroes, and Seven Deadly Sins has fantasy elements. This is none of that. This is just a regular person in Japan, uh, maybe going to high school. Uh, that's what those slice of life animes are about. Uh, Komi Can't Communicate has a special on Netflix where they release the episodes weekly, but her series have been coming out for the past, I believe, five years. Rent-A-Girlfriend is similar. I believe they have two to three seasons out right now. Um, those are also really good. Um, again, all very... Uh, funny stories, uh, definitely something I'm going to check out. I'd like to talk to you guys about it in the future. Um, but how I've been able to watch a lot of this stuff is called Crunchyroll, which I've mentioned before in previous podcasts, but I wanted to tell you I finally signed up for Crunchyroll.com, which is a streaming service website that has partnered with Funimation, another content creative studio, where they are going to be producing different sorts of animes and mangas, um, and all different types of artwork um, that's very important to the uh, anime genre right now. So if you're very interested in the future and getting into a good place to find and stream all your favorite mangas or animes, uh, that would be a good place to start, you know. Uh, but, you know, yes, obviously, Hulu is really good, as I've mentioned as well, and Netflix has some content you can only find on Netflix, uh, like Comey Can't Communicate. So... Definitely some interesting new twists out there. Um, so what else can I talk to you guys about? Um, I'm going to finish up this episode with a quick summary of what I'm reading right now and why I want to talk to you guys about it. Okay, so as all of you know, I like to circle back around to whatever I'm reading currently. And what I'm reading right now is actually a completely different book that has nothing to do with uh, horror and has nothing to do with Japan at all or manga. Um, this particular book is about history. In particular, it's called Rome and Jerusalem, The Clash of Civilizations. And that is a really cool one, too. And this is why. Um, Rome and Jerusalem are very similar. Something that did not ever catch my eye as a historian. I never thought they had a lot of similarities, but the comparisons are actually really cool. And that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about in that full episode. But to kind of get you on the right path and get started there... Um, it's basically the clash of civilizations. So at one point in history, Rome eventually conquered much of the uh, quote-unquote modern world, uh, or ancient world, um, or what we now know as most of Europe, uh, parts of Africa, Asia, and other such places. And with all that being said, uh, Judea, a part of where it is now modern-day Israel, is part of that area. And Rome is responsible, of course, for the destruction of Jerusalem shortly after the Common Era had considerably started. So a lot of people like to know all about that. It's a whole wide variety of topics, similar to World War II. You go down that path, we'll be here all day. 
But this book in particular does a great job of explaining why that conflict took place, something that I did not realize. And you might just say, well, it's as simple as basically the Jewish people not bowing down to the whims of Romans uh, who imposed Hellenistic uh, you know, lifestyles on them. But that's not exactly the truth of it. The truth of it is that the, both cultures were at a sort of direct clash and heading towards that path for a very long time. Uh, they both borrowed from people such as ancient Greece. They both liked to rely on their religion as a main support uh, for their people. Um, the state was very important to both places, and uh, their battles were historical. Um, the major differences, of course, besides their religions, was how they viewed themselves in the afterlife. Uh, Romans viewed all of their gods in everyday life, but in uh, Israel or what is now, uh, sorry, back then, which was uh, Jerusalem and Judea, uh, different communities existed and viewed God in different ways. Um, it wasn't all 100% unified, and that is also a really cool aspect of the book as well, where we talk about different cultures of Judaism that led to the destruction of the temple, how they kind of fought each other. Um, we talk about the Romans and why they are the way they are, um, you know, with basically different people kind of coming to power and using Jewish people as a scapegoat for their own personal victories. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a story about the conflict between civilizations. And there's a lot of buildup in it. So I hope you check that one out. Uh, Rome and Jerusalem, the Clash of Civilizations. Um, it's uh, from the year 2008, so you can definitely find it out there now. I picked my copy up at a bookstore, McKay's. And that's all for today's episode. So if you guys liked what you heard, please feel free to email me at scott, S-C-O-T-T, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N, 16 at yahoo.com. And I hope to hear from all of you guys soon. I hope to, again, I greatly appreciate you checking in and listening, and I hope you guys listen to more podcasts soon. Thank you.